Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Michelle Berkowitz, your host of Women Leading the Way, and boy, do we have a woman leading the way today. I'm so excited. I have had some really great conversations with our leading lady today, and our topic is the benefits of being a union member. Hmm, interesting, yes? I also want to say that our leading lady today, and then I will tell you who it is, is that she is recently the recipient of the President's Award from the National Women of Influence Award, and I am so excited. She is just a delight. So um, Ellen uh, Onredder, and she is the president of Blywise Communications, Inc. She is our guest today, and Ellen, can you say just a hearty hello to all of our listeners? Hello. I am so excited to be on your program, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm as excited as you are. That sounded really exciting. And I I love, you know, the conversations that we've had before. And I want to kind of kick in and just say to you congratulations again for being winning the President's Award, right, for all you do as a leader of a company. And there's a special kind of history here with the organization that you represent with Flywise Communications, Inc. So my understanding is, I want to hear about, it started in 1946. Now, I'm adding the ages and going, you're not that old. So tell us the story (laughs) of how Flywise Communications came about, and you were leading the helm, which is exciting. Well, you are correct. I I was not around when the company was founded. Uh, It was founded uh, in uh, 1946, 76 years ago. I'm the fourth owner. I bought the company from my parents uh, almost 20 years ago, and I've worked in every seat throughout the company. I started working for Blywise Communications in 1984, and uh, that makes me a union member for 38 years. And now I also am the owner of Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, it's amazing to me. You, bought, you, you started in 1984, and you were in high school, right? So were you working in the company at the time and kind of doing every job that your dad said or however that worked? I mean, you learned everything about the business until you bought it, right? Well, I did. My, my parents bought the company uh, when I was in high school. I started working for the company when I graduated from college. I had a degree in sociology, and, you know, there really wasn't a great demand to open a sociology store when I got my degree. And so I thought, <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just work for Blywise Communications just until I figure out what I want to do. And, um, and, and so, you know, I'm still figuring it out. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, uh, I've worked there for <laughs> quite a while. I, I took a little break. I wanted to see what it was like to work for a big corporation and someone who I didn't, a boss who I didn't call dad. 
and I learned a ton working in the entertainment industry in Hollywood. But then I realized I wanted to do something meaningful with my life. I have great skills from working for a large for a large corporation, but if I'm going to work 80 hours a week, I decided I wanted it to be for a company I feel connected to and doing something meaningful to help other people. That's always been a driving wow. force for me. And We'll back up a second, too, Ellen, because, you know, I'm going, okay, first of all, when you said you worked in the entertainment industry, now, first of all, that is not an easy job to get within the entertainment industry, so I want to hear a little bit about that. And number two, leaving it and coming back, I, I, you were just starting on your kind of purpose that you wanted to have things, you wanted to work more for doing good, if I'm hearing what you said, but what, how hard was it to get into the entertainment industry? I mean, that's a big deal right there. It was. I kind of fell into a job, which is thing when I speak to young people who are not sure what it is they want to do, I often say, just go down as many paths as possible. Because for me, when I decided to leave Flywise for a few years, as I said, I, I wanted to see what it was like out there in in what I called the real world. Uh, I, I quickly learned that uh, I already was, I already was in the real world, uh, working for uh, working people. And I sat down and met with someone who was the director of marketing for a studio, and she had just hired somebody, and it was so frustrating because I had sort of procrastinated making my appointment with her. Had I not procrastinated, maybe she would have hired me. But in the end, we spoke for half an hour. She walked me out to the elevator. And I was saying goodbye to her, wondering where I was going to go and how I was going to get another job. And the elevator opened and out walked this woman. And it was clear this this woman was looking for an assistant. And because I was standing at the elevator at that time, I ended up getting hired by that one woman. And so I use that as a story. You just never know. Put yourself out there. Be in the right place at the right time. And you just don't know when that right place, right time combination is is going to manifest that's such a great story i love that i mean and i do i do want to get into what the company is all about so we're going to move on from the entertainment industry but you i mean tell us a little bit i mean we've got the history of blindwise communications you are the third leader of the organization right because you bought it from your dad and here you are running the company. And I wish we could talk more about that because I can only imagine, you know, what that was like. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But what does Flywise Communications do? Like, give us a little bit of an overview of the company because you work with unions, if I'm correct. Yes, that is what we do. We are a labor communications firm. Some people do describe what we do as public relations. Our goal to communicate to union members themselves about the benefits and the advantages of working under a union contract. And we also educate the general public as to the advantages and the accomplishments of unions in terms of improving our communities and improving working life in general. And we do that by publishing print publications, newspapers, magazines, and newsletters. And we also do advertising and we we print brochures, we do social media, we do internal and external communications, mostly focused on unions and union-related organizations, like health and welfare wow. funds and pension funds. 
And I have to ask, in, in your leadership of the company, you know, and, and looking at what, let's just go traditional PR and communication services, and then we've got this whole, this whole big bucket now called social media. Was that really one of your initiatives to kind of bring it you know, up to where the new media is? Was that kind of a big project and initiative for you to get well-versed into social media for on behalf of the company, or was that already being done? when you took the helm? When I took the helm, it was in, 19, in uh, 2003, 19 years ago. Okay. And it was wow. on, the, on the lip of one of uh, the biggest strikes, by the numbers, the biggest strike and lockout in the history of the labor movement. Uh, so, yeah, my timing allowed me to have baptism by fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I was just and I remember that. For... I remember when we talked about that with the grocery stores, and, and and there's a lot of people that remember that. Yeah, crazy time. Yes, there were 2,000 workers were on strike for 20 weeks, and I was one of the spokespeople for those workers. And so we used every method possible to communicate our messages, not only to the union members themselves, because it was critical that everybody understood what was happening over a broad jurisdiction from from the Kern County line all the way down to the Mexican border with that many workers getting the word out in terms of what was happening in negotiations and what was happening on the strike line was critical. Just like when we have our internal communications for any other sort of action or contract negotiations, there are all sorts of ways to communicate messaging internally and also to the general public. And I do believe in social media, there is a very strong need to coordinate messaging on the social media platform. But contrary to what a lot of people believe, print is not dead. It's alive and well and as critical as ever in, in, in terms of, you know, in communicating the message. It's, uh, there, yeah. it's one thing to turn, turn over information, but what we try to do is make sure we communicate the message. And we use all sorts of messaging, video, print, social media, uh, a comprehensive outreach. Wow. Hey, we're going to take a quick sponsor break here, and I'm going to thank one of our sponsors. But when I come back... I want to talk about what it was like. I mean, and thank you for sharing that because I was like, oh, my gosh, that had to be crazy, you know, the evolution and how important social media is now. I mean, it's crazy. Thinking when I come back, I want to talk about you and the, the kind of taking the helm and what that was like and working with your dad and taking over such a long-term business that was running quite successfully, and, and now you've had it for quite a few years. So hang on, and we're going to do a quick thing. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. So thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our incredible sponsors and our partners. And Ellen, I'm back to you now, so we're going to focus back on you after we thank our sponsor. Um, I, what was it like, I mean, for you to take on an existing company that your dad bought? I mean, was this multiple conversations and 
you know, did you bring it up? Were you excited about it first? Or how did that even come about for you to say, hey, I, I want to do this? What was going through, you know, you? Because so many women, you know, what we talk about second and third and fourth generation businesses that are so difficult with family-run companies. But here's a situation. Were you the one that brought it up? Or did your dad bring it up? Or what's the story there? Oh, I did not bring it up. I did not want to run the company. I had no desire to run the company, nor did I think I even <laughs> could run the company. Wow. Uh, it just sort of evolved, uh, and I realized how much I loved it and how much I derived such meaning and purpose from what we do on a daily basis. And it took me a long time to realize that I had the skill to not only do the work, but also manage the company. And I resisted mm. for a long time. My dad tried to find a successor outside of the company. Uh, he tried with a variety of different people, and it just didn't work out. And then he started to train me, and I started to realize, well, it, maybe I could, maybe I could do it. And it took me a really long time to realize that I had the skill and the talent to lead. I have an incredible team, and with them, I was able to learn what's necessary to do what I do at the at the helm, as you say. Uh, but I really do feel like I am I'm just part of an incredible team with clients that are the creme de la creme of society in terms of giving back and making the world a better place. So I have to oh. say, uh, it, it just kind of evolved. My father is an incredible teacher. I've been lucky enough to work with him for decades, and thank goodness he's still with yeah. us. I get emotional just even talking about it. Um, but it was really oh, scary, bet. and I remember just a couple of weeks before officially he retired, one of our clients called us. I can picture this in my mind's eye. I was sitting in my car uh, talking to my dad in front of uh, a supermarket. And we do a lot of work <laughs> for the, for the uh, workers inside supermarkets. And I needed to write something that needed to be phrased just so. And I called my dad and we were talking about it and he helped me as he always does. And we were finished crafting the messaging for this particular client. And I paused and I said, there is no way I am ever going to fill your shoes. And he, oh. he stopped for a moment and he said, honey, you don't have to fill my shoes. You're going to wear your own shoes. And I realized. Oh, what a great phrase. Yeah, I, can, oh. I, can, I can do that. I know shoes. And uh, so he sort of gave me permission to put my own personal stamp on the company and that made all the difference. I didn't have to turn myself into him. I could be myself. And that was, um, that was freeing. And uh, we've been kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> I love, that's great. Oh my God. That's a great way to wrap <laughs> that up on that one. But you know, I, I love what you're saying because you know, I, I do see the struggle with, you know, multiple, multiple generations, you know, with a, a dad passing the torch to their daughter, right, in the second generation businesses and having a hard time with that. You know, I mean, your dad ran the business. I'm really curious. And this is something I, I, I'm just like, I feel like curious, George. But how did your dad map out a training plan for you? Like, to me, I'm sitting here thinking there's not a rule book I've ever seen 
of how to prepare somebody to be the next president of a company. And I know you guys do a lot of work with big unions. So how, how was that? Like, did he just say, did you shadow him every day? Or what was the kind of training process? I'm really curious about it. I think our listeners will be too, or I wouldn't ask it. But what was that like? You're right. It, uh, there is no rule book. And I work and worked very closely with him. He did take me out to uh, various client meetings so I could see how he interacted with the clients. He is an incredible teacher. And so instead of just telling me and also our entire staff, this is what you need to do, he always would explain the why. This is why we do this Mm. and this is why we do that. And it took many years. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning from my clients, from my team, and also from my dad, who is still the chairman of the company. I do run the day-to-day, but I don't make any impactful and large decisions without his counsel. I'm so blessed that he still is engaged and wants to hear about what's happening with the company and what's happening in yeah. the labor movement it, it, itself. But it was uh, – I took some management courses – but it was a lot of hit and miss and watching at his knee, so to speak. Right. Oh, super cool. I mean, you know, you've seen, I, I don't know if you've ever, if you're a Modern Family um, TV watcher, but do you remember Modern Family, the TV show? <laughs> oh, yes. I love that Oh, show. my God. And when Claire took over her dad's business and, you know, the people right. that were in the yes. company, she didn't, she didn't get a warm welcome. And I'm curious with you, how did – you know, how you do that is either going to be smooth and steady or it's going to be choppy and bumpy. And it sounds like you just, your dad had a really great way that this was a pretty smooth transition. Did you find that that was because of things that he did? And if so, what were they to make it such a smooth transition? It's a great question. And I haven't actually ever analyzed it in such a way. I think it's because I, I think I, because I didn't come from the outside and I wasn't someone that was hired specifically to replace him and then given a list of things I needed to do in order to fill that role, I had done almost all of the various, I had filled almost all the various roles within our company internally and also interfacing with the clients. And so it was a lot of watching and a lot of learning and, uh, and and a, and a lot of mistakes. I made mistakes, and I learned from my mistakes. I think the most impactful single experience that I had was when I referenced having bought the company in 2003, and then just a few months later, there was this massive strike uh, by the supermarket workers. Uh, that was one of the most intense learning experiences of my entire career. But I had already been on a path. I already had the skills. I just didn't realize I did. But it's kind of like I'd been circling around the edge of the pool and then climbed on top of the diving board <laughs> and and without even thinking jumped about in. it, I had no choice. <laughs> I just jumped in. And, and I didn't know it, but I, I knew how to swim. And I didn't drown. And uh, and that was a bonus, and uh, and and now we're swimming laps. That is such a great visual. I mean, that totally makes sense. I mean, and, and again, like I said, I'm getting to know you, and I go, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, in our few minutes we have left, I mean, again, 
uh, I think I could talk to you for hours. You know, when you look at the fact that you were recognized with the President's Award, right, and all that comes with that, leading a team, you know, the profit and the loss and the revenue side of the company and just keeping, you know, it's been, it's, and just even through COVID, right, keeping the team motivated and, and keeping the business afloat, like what, and I want you to get your brag on here, so I'm going to give you the chance. I'm like, what do you feel have been maybe the one, two, or three really essential things that you've done as a leader to keep things going well. You know, I, I, I mean, I know what we recognize you for, but I'd love our listeners to hear, you know, what you think that you just have done really, really well. One, I think, is recognize the power and the influence your dad has and to appreciate that, and I just think that's phenomenal, right? But you're doing it in your own way. So what do you feel have been your top three, if you will, or tips on being a really effective leader? Well, you did touch on something that is profoundly meaningful to me, and it's something I keep in mind throughout every day, and that is gratitude and recognizing all of the amazing blessings that I have in my life, the people, the opportunities, the successes, and I think that's that's key. It, it keeps me humble, uh, mm. which I – in um, – you mentioned you mentioned receiving the award. That was one of the most humbling moments of my career. I'm used to making sure that my clients are in the limelight. That's my job. That's my comfort zone. And for me to have been recognized for what I do was very unusual and deeply gratifying, uh, profound, actually. Um, but anyway, mm. to get back to your your question, I, I think gratitude is essential, and I think that's something that I, uh, I've made as a, a paramount characteristic and, and quality in my leadership. Another is to recognize that I don't do this alone. I'm part of an incredible right. team, not only my father's mentorship and wisdom, but the wonderful support and talent of the team at Flightwise Communications. And we're so fortunate that we're able to take that talent and skill and use it in a way that it improves the lives of working people. And that's something I try to remind our team of, that that's what we do every day when we earn a living. We actually impact lives and we help improve lives of working people who otherwise wouldn't have a voice. And that's right. really gratifying. And it's a wonderful thing to wake up in the morning and know that in one form or another, and we're so lucky because what we do is diverse and taps into lots of different talents. Uh, but in one form right. or another, we make, it, we make a difference. And that makes all the difference. That's so heartfelt. I love that. And, you know, I mean, it is interesting. I love asking women this. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm, I'm just really – uh, well, let's see what your answer is. You know, are, do you feel you are a leader or a female leader? And if you feel one way or the other, why? Well, I know this show is sponsored by the Connected Women of Influence, so this may not be a, <laughs> this may not be a popular answer. But uh, Don't tell I, me what I, I want to like hear. Don't tell me what I want to hear. I want to hear the real deal. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a leader. 
that I happen to okay. be female, uh, it does, I think it does make me stand out in a world that is more, there are more men in, in my world than women. And, you know, some people have a great sense of humor. Some people are brilliant. Uh, lots of people have things that make them stand out. Very often in my world, what really stands out is I'm a woman. Um, I'll be at a table for a, a client dinner, and there'll be eight men and one woman. And so then I'm very aware that I'm a woman. And But really, right. as a leader, in, in all seriousness, I just, well, first of all, I don't often feel like a leader. I know that I am one intellectually, but in my gut, I just feel like I'm doing my job on a daily basis and just want to be positive and move forward and do the best possible job I can. Wow. It's super cool. You know, it's so funny, Ellen, because I ask women that question. And what is fascinating to me is it really has come down. I mean, I'm kind of like, not like scientific percentages, but I see it's about 50-50. You know, and some women that feel they're a female leader are very specific as to why. And others, you know, it's like, I'm a leader. A leader is a leader. There's no, it's genderless. And I'm like, hmm. Let's ask people. But I love that you were just very authentic about that. So, you know, you, of course, we run a women's association, and we're always like, let's talk about the lady power. But thank you for that. And to our listeners, you know, I mean, it's just so fascinating to hear how women roll, you know. I mean, we've got women that are out there that are listening, you know, to what you're sharing. And I know they're taking notes because we hear about it, you know, and some feedback. And we've got literally a couple minutes left, and I just – you had shared such a great story with us about what it meant to get this award, and, and that's so awesome. But I'm curious with you, of the women you interact with within your industry that are leaders, what, what do you feel women should try to look at a little differently to maybe make um, either one a, a better impact or, you know, just some suggestions for improvement that you see women maybe miss the mark on as it relates to leadership? Any insight there that you can share with our listeners? It's a fantastic question. It's such a uh, it's such an important question. I I I want to make sure I give it the honesty that it's due. I think to not if I had to say it succinctly, uh, don't limit yourself. Don't don't limit your goals. Don't sell yourself short. Just think expansively. And know that if you work hard, put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. You just have to figure out what it is you want to do. And don't let the little voices in your head hinder you from going out there and living the dream. Because Oof. And you're living the dream. I, I know you've shared that. I'm living the dream. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I often say to my friends and anyone who will listen, I think I must have been Mother Teresa in a previous life in order to be living the life that I'm living because I oh. am living the dream. But what other way do you put that? You know, everybody wants that. And, and for you to say that, I think that's super cool. And, again, you're doing it from a, a kind of like, you know, humble humble place. You know, you know that the people around you, you know, are what make you super cool. I'll use my words, not yours. But um, I, I ask this of every guest I have on my show, and I know you're going to go back and you're going to go, wow, Michelle, we talked about almost nothing, you know, that I had down. But this is fascinating to me. And, 
you know, even for where you are now, it's like women are sitting there listening to you. It's like, what can you, maybe it's just how more women can live the dream. If it's the idea that they just need to think bigger and, you know, not give up and all those wonderful slices you gave, but we're on the downhill slide. What's one thing you can leave us with that's positive? And before you answer that question, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, how do you want to be connected? We've got a link to your website that's on our show page, but is there any other alternative way you want people to reach out to you if they're like, hey, I need to get a hold of Ellen and, you know, they want to sing your praises or get a hold of you in the company? How do you want people to find you? Oh, you can call me directly on my cell phone. I answer it almost 24-7, except when I'm, you know, snoring and don't hear it. But, uh, yeah, my <laughs> cell phone number is 818-416-9400. I'll talk to anybody and answer almost any question. Uh, but to your point, so to be cool. more specific, uh, in terms of living the dream, everybody's definition of that is different. And not only might it be different from person to person, it might be different from one stage of one's life to another. So figure out what it is you want to do. Um, one of my favorite mm-hmm. quotes is by Mark Twain, and it gave me such enormous joy to hear my son quote me quoting Mark Twain and telling me he's living his life this way. And it is the following. Figure out how to get paid for doing what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, Man, that's like a, that's a drop the mic. Okay. We're going to end our show on that one because that you're so right. You know, and I think those slices of advice for we as women to share with other female leaders is incredible. I'm going to say to you, congratulations again on being our recipient and being recognized as the president, you know, the president of the year award for the National Women of Influence Awards. You are all that, which definitely came through today. I'm going to say thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we love your loyalty. We're growing. We are very quickly growing to a, to a daily show. We've been doing our show um, for Women Lead Radio Network for, since 2010. So um, please, thank you for listening to us. And you can find us, um, of our big ones, on the subscription services immediately after the show on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. Um, and many others. So please feel free to subscribe to those if you um, are so inclined. And we will be back for live shows, for sure, Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And like I said, we're going to a daily show. So Ellen, thank you for being my leading lady today. You were awesome and amazing, as expected. And I just hope everyone, as I wrap up, have a, have a wonderful week. And I want to hear you say the quote one more time, Ellen. I'm going to let you wrap it up with the quote, and we'll end the show. What is that quote again by Mark Twain that we should pay attention to? Figure out how to get paid for doing what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. There it is, everybody. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you on the next show. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where life-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.